0: Listening to the Full Ten Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome in. Welcome in to the Full Ten Yards Podcast. It is 16th of July. Happy Monday to you all. And today is, in fact, the last day in which teams can try and sign deals to their franchise-tagged players uh, before they have gone the season on the franchise-tag. So players like uh, Le'Veon Bell, DeMarcus Lawrence, Ziggy Ansar are all, um, let's, be, let's be honest, unlikely to sign a deal today. I did actually read somewhere that uh, Le'Veon Bell is considering missing sitting out half the season. I think it was Adam Schefter of NFL. Uh, reporting that, but again, don't think uh, that is get, that's going to be the case. It's just a case of just wanting to strike a deal. I know that the two team, the uh, two parties, were quite close in striking up a deal. Again, don't know how much of that is true. But yeah, today is the last day those those players can sign a longer term contract. Otherwise, they'll be playing under the franchise tag for a year. For those of you that don't know the franchise tag, it's basically uh, kind of a placeholder where you know these top players can. I think they get the average of the top five. Uh, played players at their position, uh, correct, me, correct me if I'm wrong on, on Twitter at Full10Yards. Great show in front of us today, we're going to be talking about My Dallas Cowboys uh, with uh, Gary Lowe who is jet-setting across the world, so it would be interesting to see where he actually is at the time of recording, I think he's in South America somewhere, um, but we'll get to that. I mean, it's, going to be, it's pretty much going to be a rant for an hour uh, about the Cowboys, uh, and uh, for those of you that know me very well, uh, I'm a very vocal cool Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, not not a lopsided uh, or narrow-minded one. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm quite a bit to talk to Dallas about anyone and the highs and the lows. I think I, I was having a chat with a couple of my close friends today about Ezekiel Elliott and uh, MVP Ben and Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott were both fifty to one. And I, I was trying to make the case that Zeke Elliott provided more value at fifties. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a heated conversation, but um, we agreed to discreet on that one. Quick fact of the day for you. Uh, Frank Gore, the newly signed Miami Dolphins uh, running back. Last 12 seasons, last consecutive 12 seasons, he's had 1,200 scrimmage yards. So it's obviously uh, passing and uh, rushing put together. I thought that was a pretty decent stat. Just shows the model of consistency Frank Gore is. uh, A bit of a clouded backfield there in Miami. Adam Gase coming out so far as much as saying that you know, he wanted to rotate the the backfield a bit more than he could have done last season. Obviously, a trade away, Jay Ajayi to the Eagles. Uh, Damien Williams got injured and it ended up Kenyon Drake uh, who has an awful draft position, uh, ADP at the moment, of around, I think, about the fourth round, which is yucky to me. Um, so, yeah, you obviously got Frank Gore there in Miami with with said Kenyon Drake ball, so Kaelin Balage. It's interesting to see how that backfield plays out. I don't think my uh, necessary Frank Gore's gone over there to find retirement homes, maybe not just yet, but give it a couple of games, maybe. Um, but, yeah, certainly Kenyon Drake I don't see as the clear lead back there. Before we get into the My Team, My Thoughts segment, uh, which is uh, number 10 now of of that that series, and again, if you want to come and talk about your team, if we haven't talked about your team yet, and you want to come on, get in touch with us, and we would love to make that happen. But before we get into today's uh, Dallas Cowboys, My Team, My Thoughts, we have a couple of bits of news to get through, DeMarco Murray, the former Cowboy, the former Philadelphia Eagle, and uh, last year, um, of course, was the Tennessee Titans running back, has retired at 30 years old. I think he had seven seasons in the uh, in the NFL. I think he spoke to a few teams, but clearly, no agreements could have been reached there to extend his uh, NFL career. Patrick Peterson has stated that he thinks that the Arizona Cardinals should start Sam Bradford ahead of Josh Rosen uh, for the up- upcoming season. Not really a surprise, uh, veteran there. Patrick Peterson obviously likes to, wants to see the rookie sit. Uh, behind and learn the game a little bit for a year or two but uh, with Sam Bradford's injury history who knows when Rosen may come in uh, this season if at all. Lashawn McCoy obviously I think I mentioned it last week on the the podcast the domestic violence charge that is currently uh, under investigation by all parties so when the news of that kind of breaks out what, what the conclusions are we'll chat about that one a bit more as for now we can't really do anything with it. Uh, you got the statement from Sean McCoy on Instagram. Uh, that's obviously where everyone does their press releases these days. Saying obviously they deny the charges and he's not been in contact with the the part the the parties for for months. So we just have to again have to see how that one ends out. Uh, finally, Melvin Gordon uh, hinted or verified the charges are trying to back bring back uh, tight end um, 50-year-old Antonio Gates. So keep your eyes peeled on that one. At the end of the show, we're going to uh, going to talk about experience. A Britball game went to yesterday against the Aberdeen Roughnecks and the Clyde Valley Black over in Wishaw. Really enjoyable game. If you uh, are an Aberdeen player or a Clyde Valley Black player, there are a couple of videos on there that were live tweeted on on and live streamed on Twitter. So check those out. Like I say, at full ten yards. Um, But apart from that, I think that's pretty much it. So what we're going to do is we're going to get into Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Okay, so it's time to talk Cowboys. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I'm delighted to say we've been joined by Gary Lowe, who I believe is in a cupboard somewhere in South America. (laughs) Gary, how are you doing, buddy?
1: How are you doing? Great to be on. Thank you. And uh, yeah, Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk our Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, not just American
0: team. No, absolutely not. And um, so, Gary, give us a bit of um, a background in yourself. Obviously, you're, you're traveling around at the moment. Whereabouts are you? Uh, is it Bolivia?
1: I'm currently in Salta in northern Argentina, Argentina, um, and it's basically just a sort of a six-month trip to uh, South America. Um, so, got to see a few soccer games over in Brazil and Argentina, and now I'm going up the sort of west coast up towards Colombia.
0: Nice. And uh, so, obviously, the World Cup, World Cup fever has hit. Obviously, South America. Whilst, you, whilst you've been there, have they ever been to South America? Would you? Would where, where would you recommend? Where's the nicest place you've been? Uh,
1: I, I would say Brazil's absolutely incredible. Um, that that was amazing. Um, as far as the World Cup's concerned, I was pretty disappointed because Argentina went out quite early. I really wanted to see like the fans erupt and go crazy, mm. um, which I never got to see. But um, yeah, it's been a
0: fun experience to to be here yeah. while the World Cup's on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's not really somewhere that's uh, kind of been on my radar. I'd like, not mind going to, say, Bolivia and uh, the, the flat, the flats, the salt flats um, over that way. But um, yeah, it's not not overly high on my list. But Gary, let's, uh, we're obviously here to talk about football. So, how how have you? How long have you been an NFL fan? And like, kind of, how did you become a, a Cowboys uh, fan? You know, what what uh, what would you love most about American football?
1: I think like a few of your previous guests, I um, got into in Channel 4 back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, I was just fascinated by the, the razzle-dazzle, the big spectacle of the NFL. Um, you know, I was, I was sort of about seven or eight years old at that time. Um, and I guess the, the sort of the three big teams that I remember, I mean, obviously Dan Marino's Dolphins were around at that time. Hellways Broncos but the three that I really remember were the Bears with Walter Payton and the Fridge Perry um, the 49ers uh, with Montana and then afterwards Young and and, uh, and Jerry Rice and then obviously the Cowboys came along with Eichmann and Smith and Irving and Charles Haley at defensive end as well um, and I, I guess I didn't know so much about the individual players at that point, but uh, just, just just watching those teams, they were always on the TV. Yeah. And so I remember walking down the street with my parents, going to the shop and, and sort of running off and pretending to spike a, a football, um, pretending to do touchdowns and things like that. And then sort of fast forward 15 years to university. Uh, I went to the University of Surrey and they have a team there called the Surrey Stingers so shout out to those guys <laughs> and I tried out to be a, a wide receiver um, and obviously uh, I'm, I'm not too tall so I, I didn't really make it out as a wide receiver um, but the, I got the coach oh you'll you'll make a great cornerback uh, which I guess happens to all the wide receivers that are not tall enough and can't catch
0: yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, the um, yeah University of Surrey. I actually graduated at the cathedral down there. That's oh over, yeah, okay. that's over over okay. Guildford, way, isn't it? That's good. Um,
1: it's, yeah, that's it. It's right right in Guildford, and um, they have a pretty good uh, football program there, um, yeah. in British terms at least. Um, we actually had a, a receiver playing for the British team, uh, who, who was playing for us as well. Uh, who was a Cowboys fan? And he—he, uh, he, I just remember the one play he did where he played quarterback, threw it right up in the air, and played receiver as well. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much that tells you about how good we were or how good the team was or, or what.
0: No, I, I lived I, just to give you a geographical um, sense, Gary, I, I lived just down the road in uh, Epsom. I, I grew up in Epsom.
1: Ah right, okay, yeah, yeah, not too far at all.
0: No, um, yeah. any football over that way? Um, but I played played as a as a young kid. Um, but I didn't. I, I wasn't really a big soccer. Oh, sorry, American football. I thought you were talking about soccer. Um, no, not really. Not that not that I know of. Anyway, but say so I've I've only really come into the game over the last uh, maybe just just short of a decade. Um, but yeah. Again, like. like the, I think I was just a bit too young for the Bears and all the, all the big guys, big guns in the late 80s, early 90s, so I've only yep. been there for, for, for a short while. But certainly Troy Aikman. Uh, Troy, I've got a Troy Aikman uh, jersey. I've got a Tony Romo jersey. Um, and no doubt I'll have loads more going into the future. And obviously lining up a Dak Prescott one, which we'll come to a bit later on down the line. But if you just want to pick out a favourite moment of yours being a, cal- a Cowboys fan and perhaps the worst one, I suppose all the, play- the, the, the playoff defeats have been heartbreaking.
1: They have. the 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 best moments have been pretty rare as a Cowboys fan lately. Um, I will say that I did get to go to the Seahawks stadium over in Seattle um, to watch Dallas uh, play there in 2012, I believe. Nice. um, Which was a great great experience. The, the 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 crowd are incredible. It's the second best atmosphere I've ever experienced in my entire life um great experience we lost that game um uh, but the thing i remember most about it was the hit that golden Tate made on sean lee um which was subsequently um um fined by the nfl as as an illegal hit but i, I saw nothing wrong with it and it was an absolutely incredible hit <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't remember that one. Too, 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 it was, what, was that a playoff game or was that a regular season game?
1: That was a regular season game in mm. a 2012 season. Mm. Um, I, I would say, I mean, that was my personal highlight. But if I was to talk about a, a great Dallas moment, um, Tony Romo, I, I've got to talk about Romo because cause he was the comeback king. I, I know people like to think about Tony Romo as, as a choker, um, but actually, from 2007 to 2016, uh, his, his last decade in the game, his his fourth uh, quarter rating, uh, fourth quarter and overtime rating, was uh, actually 103, mm-hmm. which was number one. He was better than Brady, he <laughs> was better than Rodgers. He was absolutely clutch mm-hmm. and um, a great player.
0: Yeah, he was. And as I say, yeah, obviously, my, my early... Early days as a Cowboys fan was always watching Romo have good have good games and bringing you know literally hauling the team back. You know we're talking of days where we didn't have much of a running game like we do these days. You know you had Marion Barber behind the the line of scrimmage. You had Felix Jones and we you know we couldn't we very much struggled to to plow it in from the one yard line. And you know wide receivers such as Patrick Creighton and um, Roy Williams and all the rest of those. You know they're not really start obviously Terrell Owens uh, aside. We didn't really have much of a much of a stellar cast for Tony Romo, apart from maybe Jason Witten, and obviously, yeah, yeah, like you say, everyone says that he's a choker and they can't win in January, that kind of stuff. But it wasn't really down to Romo. Um, obviously, the one of the playoff uh, losses to the Giants when we threw an interception uh, with I think it was about thirty seconds left. Obviously, was his fault of the interception, but he's never really had much of a supporting cast, and we've kind of let we've kind of let him down, I suppose. I, I would agree with you hundred percent.
1: Um, the, the game that stands out to me was the 2015 wild card playoff against the Lions. Um, he'd taken six sacks. Uh, he wasn't really on form. We had a quiet Des. We had a struggling Demarco. And who pops up? Terrence Williams with two yeah. touchdowns from Tony Romo uh, to win the game 24 to 20. And that, that one really sticks out to my mind. Um, yeah. And also he's a great he's great in the commentary too. He's great in the booth um, oh. with his predictions and actually giving insight into, into what a quarterback might be thinking, the decision process, which, which you know, rather than... The same old. This is a great player, that's a great player. Yeah, I like the the
0: insight that he provides. Yeah, certainly. Obviously, just it gives you also insight into how clever uh, how clever he he is as a quarterback, and you know the amount of plays that he calls, and knowing mean, where the, the offense is going to run to the left or the right, or what what kind of routes are coming from the wide receivers is just is phenomenal. And yeah, just to go back to your point on Terence Williams, he's another one that kind of divides opinion a little bit. He's um, He's not obviously a wide receiver one, but he, and he does a job. But he doesn't really, really turn up. He doesn't turn up as uh, as often as it, as perhaps he should. And obviously, he'll be someone that we rely on going into twenty eighteen. But going back to to last season, and I don't know if you've watched any of the All or Nothing series at all, Gary. Did you, how did you find that? If you did,
1: uh, I did not manage to see all of it. I've seen some of it. Um... I thought it was interesting. Um, I think uh, watching Alfie Morris and his 1991 Mazda, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was good fun. Um, a, a guy, actually, I was rooting for because, uh, you know, just a good guy, uh, a really solid back, but I, I think ultimately the lack of pass, pass-catching ability yeah. is probably his downfall. Um, dead-bent, uh, fine line between competitiveness, And and being just uncomfortably intimidating. Um, There was a moment with Jordan Lewis where he kept throwing the ball at him, and it was almost bullying. And you know, there's a fine line there. I understand that he's he's he really wants to win and things like that, but he's also in a team. So yeah, Um, finding out that we almost drafted Paxton Lynch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so going on um, to of obviously last season, we obviously missed the playoffs just about. Um some heartbreaking defeats there in during the season. Obviously the ones that stick out, Seattle, um uh, towards the end of the season, Atlanta when, with uh Chaz Green, the human turnstile as as he's now known. Um, but obviously earlier in the season, Denver was, was quite a humiliating defeat, and then uh, add to that some ca- the Kansas City and the Chargers defeats. You know, when when we were when we had Zeke, we were we were rolling, you know, Dak Prescott had a, a hot start to the season and yeah, Tyrone Smith got injured, um, and Zeke obviously fell out of the team with all his suspension issues, and it, it just kind of fell apart a little bit. How, how did you? How do you find? What? What, how, what was your opinion of last season? And, and what do you think of the coaching staff with Jason Garrett and, and the coordinators there?
1: Well, to start off with the season, you, we, there was high expectations yeah. after a thirteen and three season yeah. in two thousand and sixteen. Uh, People's expectations were high, yeah. and so to to finish with a nine and seven record is is not what people were expecting.
0: No, but it
1: is respectable when you consider the adversity that we face.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh,
1: we we finished five and one against our di- divisional opponents. Yep. Um, so so that's my feeling on, on, on the season, um, the way I think it went. Uh, we started off defensively very slow. Um, Rod Marinelli in 2016, I think, exceeded expectations. We were expected to have a, a, a poor defence uh, that wasn't supposed to play very well. And what did they do? They played excellent. I think the highest scorers against us were the Steelers with 30 points. Um, and so they played really well, but in 2017 they, they started off incredibly slow. We, we we led in more than well, 35 points or more, uh, against the Broncos, the Rams, and the Packers yep. in, in the first five games. So when your defense is not playing very well, uh, that puts you on the back foot for a start,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. Obviously, Sean Lee, uh, is 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 getting. Towards the end of his in the end of his career, a little bit now. I know he's got probably a couple of years left in him, but he's obviously quite very injury prone, and it's very telling. And you can you can look at the Dallas defense, and you can tell when Sean Lee's there and when he's not. Um, I was actually we'll, we can move on to the off-season. I was actually quite surprised that Orlando Scandrick uh, went over to the to the Washington Redskins. But you're right, yeah, that that defense. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's never been great. Well, I mean, we we had go on. The, sorry, the defence
1: uh, was for the fault for the slow start to the season, the, the, the three losses that we had in the first five games. Yeah. But the true factor uh, that had the biggest effect on our season were the key injuries, and yeah. that was to Ezekiel Elliott, Tyron Smith, at uh, left tackle there, the most important player to protect your quarterback. Yeah, And Sean Lee. Mm. And so through weeks 10 to 12, without those three players, we lost three in a row. Uh, one against Atlanta. There was eight sacks against us in that game. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure six of them came through Shad Green.
0: Yeah,
1: um, so he, he had a nightmare. I, and then we lost to Philadelphia, and then we lost to the Chargers as well. Yeah. In those points to 22 and we saw Dak Prescott running for his life yeah but then the three games after that uh, we had Smith and Lee back and we won three straight games so it was more down to those two players I think rather than Ezekiel Elliott not being on the field yeah
0: yeah, no, I certainly agree that going to extend. Obviously, um, Zeke Zeke does does us wonders uh, on first down. You know, he can't gain him five six yards. Um, and obviously, yeah, he's key to, yeah. He's, but on on the offense side of the of the ball, Tyron Smith and obviously that offensive line uh, as a rule and Sean Lee. Sean Lee is just the master of that of that defense. But um, yeah, but like I say, going back to the days of you know even when Wade Phillips. Um, you know, we've had we've had a, quite a, a lot of change in our defense. Obviously, Rod Man- Marinelli at the moment um go you go back to Rob Ry- uh Rob Ryan uh, not Rob Ryan yeah it is Rob Ryan I'm th- saying Rex um you've had Wade Phillips you know there's been a lot of lot of change there and it's always kind of not, you know we've never been a great defense that's right it's one of the things
1: actually that that uh Drew me to Dallas in the first place is because we were an offense-first team. Mm. Uh, we were exciting to watch, and and Ezekiel Elliott's proving that. I mean, I think he would. He was on pace last season for something like 360 touches, mm. 1,700 yards, 13 touchdowns. A, a monster season had he not been suspended. Yeah. And so, um, we we should expect that again next season for any fantasy football fans out there get Ezekiel Elliott in your team as soon as you can. Mm. And uh, and that, that, that Prescott, um, we're looking at, um, a, a, again, throughout the first eight games of the season, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the, in, in the league. I think um, a fantasy football stat out there right now is that uh, he was number one quarterback overall in the first eight games, yeah. and he was dead last from the ninth game
0: onwards, which was 34th out of 34th, which there's only 32 teams in the NFL.
1: Yeah, 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 no, just to to
0: back that one up. um, Sorry, yeah, Gary, I was just going to say, just to back that one up, I've got the stats, I've got his weekly finishes here in fantasy. So he started off, um, week one was the 12th, and then week two was the 11th quarterback, week three, 10, week four, the ninth, Um, week... Five this is, was the number two quarterback. They had the bye and then out of that, it was the quarterback three, quarterback twenty four, quarterback three. So that just shows you how how well he did. Um, that was obviously before Ezekiel Elliott um, was was on suspension. So it just shows you as well how how good he was.
1: Exactly, I I, I think so. And Matt Harmon had him uh, started as the top uh, quarterback for accuracy in tight window throws yeah. last year. Uh, Matt Matt Stafford at second, and, um, you know, there's a lot to be um, looking forward to with with Dak Prescott. I I genuinely believe he's a good quarterback, and and he's shown glimpses of it last year. Obviously, that Atlanta game where he took eight sacks, that really affected his game. You could see it,
0: Mm.
1: visibly see it in the games he was running for his life. Yeah. Um, and, and and a couple of other players I, I would just mention that had uh, steps forward uh, last last season for Dallas, Jalen Smith, yeah, um, as linebacker there. He, he had six starts out of sixteen games, but but managed uh, eighty-one tackles. So if, if we compare that to Miles Jack, because I was a big Miles Jack fan, I, I actually thought we should have. Um, drafted Miles Jack in that um, draft, mm. and Miles Jack started 16 games mm. and only had 90 tackles. So Jalen Smith wasn't too far behind. No. Um, tackle Charlton no. started really slow. He's obviously a first-round pick, so yeah. Yeah. you expect quite a lot out of him. But only played 38% snaps yeah. because he was playing behind uh, Jack Crawford and uh, uh, Demarcus Lawrence there. Yeah, and so. Um, but in the last five games, when he started to play more, he started to, to to play a lot better. So we can hopefully look forward to something from him. And then Byron Owens obviously had a, a fantastic year. Um, they're going to be moving him out to corner, I believe, this yeah. year.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and and he'll need to play well with a woozy because we're going to be playing ten Pro Bowl. Ten games with Pro Bowl receivers next year, so they're going to have their hands
0: full. Yeah, no, and I, 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 I'm, quietly confident and optimistic of, of, again, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the coaching staff, and don't get me started on Jason Garrett because we'll be here for hours, but, yeah, I, I think they're young enough and they're learning, they're learning and coming along enough to, to be respectable, I think next season, so that, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott don't have to t- sort of revert to, you know, 2016 of. Ground and pound and grind the clock out in time of possession to be you know forty minutes, which is just is, is ridiculous ask of of that offense. And just to obviously go back to your point about Dak Prescott, yeah, I agree. the The Atlanta game kind of put the willies up him a little bit, and he started seeing a couple of ghosts, and you know that's where all the errors started to come in. And you know didn't trust the offensive line, and hopefully you know that he can kind of reset. Off, in the off season he gets Zeke back he gets the offensive line with a couple of additions which we'll go on to very very shortly um, so although I'm not expecting another 13-3 season I do, I do certainly expect to be in the 9-10 nine, nine, win range again um, but you know if things go well on defence certainly can go to the upper echelons of maybe 11-12 and 12. Yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more mm. uh, I do believe we'll,
1: we'll go back to being a winning team um, the, the the problem is the the Eagles, I guess <laughs> they're they're still in our division and they're still a very strong team.
0: Yeah, very very com- uh, competitive NFC East next season. Judging by the off-season moves by both the Giants and the Eagle uh, and the Redskins as well. But let's move on to the the Cowboys offseason a little bit and let's just mention about what has changed. So Jason Witten uh, shocked everyone by you know going to the broadcasting booth on on actually draft day. Um, everyone obviously thought Greg Olsen was going to be that kind of guy. And then to be trolled by, uh, was it David Akers, the uh, kicker for, or the punter for the Eagles and selecting Dallas Goddard. Uh, we kind of left ourselves short a little bit there, uh, the tight end position. Obviously, Des Bryant has also left. Uh, I mentioned Orlando Skandrick to Washington. And then Ryan Switzer was a slightly surprising one for me for... Uh, obviously, the deeper the deeper knowledgeable guys in in the league, but he's gone to oakland. what what did you how did you find all those losses on offense? Obviously, that's a big portion of the targets in witten and Bryant going
1: yeah, so so with regards to targets we've we've actually lost fifty percent of our, our target yep. between des bryant, Jason witten. Um, Bryce Butler. Uh, that that's uh, 242 targets, I believe, that we've lost. Yeah. But I, I, I'm a, I'm a I believe in next man up. You know, like we we brought in Gallup, we have brought in Hearns, we we brought in Beasley. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but Romo came out the other day and and said about what happened when they lost T.O., when he lost T.O. in uh, Terrell Owens. Sorry, yeah. in 2008, Matt yeah. Austin stepped up with two. One thousand yard season mm-hmm. uh, until Des arrived in two thousand and ten. Could that? Could the Could the guy be called Cole Beasley? I mean, he had a fantastic season in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um. He uh, Pro Football Focus had him ranked as the third best slot receiver that year, up with with Edelman and Landry and and guys like that. Uh, he had twenty two catches. That resulted in third, uh, third down conversions, yeah. which was a top five stat. He's safe hands. I, I think you know he's the, he's Dak Prescott's type of player. Um, but yeah, there's there's no there's no doubt that those those offensive losses are gonna gonna hit us at least uh, at least a little bit. Um, starting with Witten, I, I guess. Um, Going, it's a sad loss for us um, because he's obviously more than just a player, he's, he's a role model he's a yeah. leader um, which Dak will have to, to sort of step up, he showed showed glimpses of stepping up his uh, leadership game in, in the, the All or Nothing series yeah. Um Hopefully Witten will be half as good as Romo is in the booth because <laughs> if so, he'll be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the biggest loss with Witten is that he is the safety blanket for, for Dallas. Yeah. Um, he's Mr. Reliable. Um, yeah, so that that's going to be a big loss. And um, Des Bryant, where, where do we start? I mean, there's no doubt in that Des is Capable of being one of the best wide receivers in the game, but you know when you when you compare his stats to to before he got his contract and after he got his contract, mm. we've seen a dip in form. Yeah. Um, You know he 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 had three straight one thousand yard seasons, double digit touchdowns every year, yeah. and then made noise about his contract. He he hired Jay Z's Rock Nation as his agent, <laughs> uh, who also agents for. For Gurley and, and Sue and uh, Kevin uh, yeah, uh, Durant, um, uh, Romelu Lataku for any football fans. So he gets his, his, his 70 million contract. And then afterwards, in the three years, he hasn't had more than 840 yards. Yeah. He hasn't scored more than eight touchdowns. It's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in 2014, he had 16 touchdowns. Uh, and he's only had 17 in the three seasons since then. So so we've seen a, a really big drop in production. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's... That, and last season, let's not forget, he, he, he turned from Decepticon to Droptimus Prime. You yes. know, he was ranked <laughs> up with... Uh, Amari Cooper and uh, Marquis Lee for most drops of any wide receiver in the game Um, so yeah we've seen a dip in form and so does he represent the value of his 70 million contract anymore
0: Um,
1: and it's not just bad quarterback play last year because Dak Prescott's uh, pro football focus um, um, rated Dak Prescott's passes sixty. 4.3% 4.3% of the passes to Des were catchable, um, which is higher than average for any non-slot wide receiver in the league. Mm. So the, the targets weren't all terrible.
0: No.
1: Um, there was just a bit of disconnect, if you, if you ask me. When I'm watching the Dallas games, I can see uh, that they're just not on the same page. They, no. It never feels natural. It never feels comfortable. And, no. and, and throughout last year, we saw Dak, forcing the ball to Dez instead of doing what he does best, which yeah. is first receiver open, spread the ball around the field, um, and, and and the connection suffered. We on, they only connected 51% of the time. And, and to, to compare that um, to to other teams, Roethlisberger and Brown, uh, 62%, Rivers and Allen, sixty four percent for example, so mm. so the, nice. the flip side to it is that he's immensely talented uh he he's shown that he can be clutch, and he draws defenders towards him, yeah. uh, and that's that's something that we'll miss the most.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think there's, there's, I say, there's many layers to this onion, if you, if you like. Um, I think what was telling in all or nothing is towards the end of the season. I think he thought the writing was on the wall because his his passion and his fire kind of kind, of, yeah, you know, was on was trending back up. And yeah, we, we were all surprised to see to see Des Bryant go because of obviously the depth behind him. But like you said, there's there was no chemistry there. He was, you know, he, Des Bryant wasn't a Dak Prescott guy. He was it was obviously him and Romo and. Des Bryant was never going to you know, recapture the the kind of chemistry he had with Romo with Dak Prescott, and like you say, Dak Prescott's a running quarterback. Dak Prescott is a a person that likes to do read option and and spread the ball around. So you know, Des Bryant, you know, he's getting aged as well, and you know, there was a a lot of arguments about whether it was bad quarterback play and I think that was just trying to cover over the cracks a little bit um, and that, you know like I say it wasn't it was it was a bit of both and you know certainly the the, the drops against the Giants in some of those games were horrendous and you know you, you got to see that magnified in in all or nothing and you know I think the, the move whilst it hurts now I think hopefully if if we give the coaches a bit of bit of time to try and install you know, what Dak wants in the run game uh, and bring the defence up, we could see a much improved team and then we'll forget all about Des Bryant and I think it's also telling that he's not found another team yet
1: That's right um, it, it shows you that the, the, um, the demand for Des Bryant isn't that high, and um, don't get me wrong, Des Bryant has been and is probably still my favourite player in the NFL, I love the guy I love yeah. his passion, I love uh, the way he plays football, but um, at the end of the day, uh, players come and players go, yeah. and and the team just has to do what's best for them. Yeah. I think actually the biggest loss for Dallas this season is going to be Orlando Skandrick, because yeah. he really played well. In the last couple of seasons at Dallas, he, he, he was playing well at, qu- at cornerback, another position that we've never really had much talent in in, in the past we we had Brandon Carr for all those years Maurice Claiborne never really lived up to to what he was supposed to be yeah. and and Skandrick really stepped up and showed maturity and leadership um, and I think we'll miss him this season I, I really do um, yeah.
0: yeah The the corners the corners we've <sighs> There was a couple of. I think it was when Rob Ryan was our defensive coordinator, and we just we way overpaid on our defense. I think it's Brandon Carr, Barry Church, and, and all the rest of them just didn't. You know, they got their big contracts, and then kind of just sat there and kind of blamed, try and blame the coordinators. But you know, it's essentially they weren't they weren't good enough. They weren't invested in the way we play. But they've all say they've all moved on now to to various different teams. I think Barry Church is at Jacksonville, I believe. Try looking looking better than he actually is. But um, we we'll move up. We'll move on from the um, the exits, and we'll go to the the incomings so obviously uh, Alan Hearns uh, we mentioned uh, in free agency uh, get your thoughts on that shortly um, the O-line Cameron Fleming I think is a very good signing for us to give us a bit of depth um, and obviously in the draft we haven't mentioned obviously letting Van Der Esch at linebacker to hopefully take over the reins from Sean Lee
1: That's right. I, I think last season really showed uh, um, a weakness uh, or, or just lack of a plan for when key players go down. Yeah. Yeah. So Tyron Smith, uh, Sean Lee, uh, basically the offensive line is it's fantastic. It's, it's the Great Wall of Dallas, one of, one of the best in the league. Um, but uh, missing that one key piece, the, the second key piece, it, it really showed mm. um last season and so I think bringing in a guy like Cameron Fleming uh, from the past uh, can play swing tackle right and left uh, he can he can really help plug a gap there if if necessary um, again profile pro focus ranked him as a top performer against inside pressure mm. and we're going to be getting some inside pressure um, against uh, defenses in this league as well so I uh, um yeah uh, I, in fact while we're talking about the the offensive line um our offensive line coach uh frank pollock uh, has actually left gone to the Bengals. yeah he has yeah uh, in fact when i first heard he was going i th- he he was the mastermind behind the great wall of dallas yeah. and uh you know I th- he may have been uh, a great point recruited by donald trump mm-hmm. as an advisor for his wall <laughs> um, but no he went to the Bengals and, uh, and we got
0: the Bengals guy and back and we got
1: the, the Bengals guy in return yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Alexander is his name
0: yeah yeah so it'll be didn't...
1: interesting to see how that plays out um, but but yeah we did need to plug that gap we did bring in a rookie as well which we'll talk about when we get on to the rookies yeah um, Connelly. Uh, um did you know that the Dallas Cowboys have the most expensive Defensive end unit in two thousand
0: and eighteen. Did we really? I, I'm not. I'm not actually surprised. And like I said, um, but I didn't know it's I knew it was up there. I didn't know, realize it was the most uh, most expensive.
1: Absolutely. Now that we've franchised tags, uh, De- De- Demarcus Lawrence, uh, we now have the most expensive set of defensive ends in the league. Wow. Um, and, Kony, and 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 that's a lot to do with depth. Um, we've got Connie Ely there. who's probably going to be fourth, maybe fifth, third on the depth chart with yeah. DeMarcus Lawrence, yeah. Tyrone Crawford, Tycho Charlton. Charles Tapper was injured much of the season. Randy Gregory can't behave. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he's a depth player, and, and let's see what he can do. Mm. Um, and then sort of the wide receivers we brought in, free agency, Alan Hearns, uh, obviously was once considered a top-two duo in the league yeah. with... Um, with Robinson. Alan Robinson there. Um, so he has done it before. He's had a 1000 season. Um, he can play in slot. He can play outside. Um, so so it'd be interesting to see what he can do, see if he can de- develop some chemistry with Dak Prescott. Um, we've brought in Deontay Thompson, um, just a guy for me. You know, journeyman, 29 already. Yeah. If you can't do it at the Bills, then and there's not much hope but maybe we'll see him on special teams and, and see what he can do as well yeah um, and then there's Tavon Austin um, uh, we've got there in the back field as well um, so can catch passes can line up in the slot uh, um, showed big promise he did get a big contract um, over in uh, well I guess it was St. Louis at the time um, but was smothered I think by Jeff Fisher and just yeah. terrible coaching You got and, Jeff Fisher uh, didn't know
0: how to God, absolutely, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they use Tavon Austin. Um, obviously, they, I think they come out with a stupid quote saying he's going to get twenty to twenty touches a game. I don't think that's obviously realistic. But um, I certainly, if they use him, if, you, if they use him the way that he should be played, I, I certainly think that he can serve a role for Dallas, whether it's on third down to give Zeke a bit of a breather or to just kind of flip motion to the outside and just you know get let him take the top off the defense. Definitely. Definitely.
1: Um I, I really think he can do a job if mm. if they, they play to his strengths. Yeah. I and mean, he seems like he could be a Dak type of player, but yeah. at this point we're just we're just speculating. speculating. Yeah.
0: So if you so Gary, if you had one your last dollar and you had to bet on which um which wide receiver ends up with the, the most fantasy points next season, who's your who's your bottom dollar on? Do you know what
1: I I would not put my 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 dollars on anybody. I would in fact take the cheapest possible <laughs> um, it, b- between between Hearn's, uh, Gallup, uh, probably those two really are, are the standouts. And yeah. and just hope, hope one of them hits. But don't overpay for any of them. Yeah. Yes, we need to make up the 50% targets, but we really don't know how that's going to play out until. Um, obviously, preseason and, and training camps and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, um, for me, I would take the cheapest. I would probably lean slightly to Hearns because we know what he's done in the NFL. Okay. We know he can do it. Mm. Um, and Hearns, Hearns actually turned down bigger offers. He turned down the Jets to yeah. come to Dallas. He really wanted yeah. to come to Dallas. And we've just changed our uh, wide receiver coach um, yep. from uh, Derek. Derek Dooley was it yep, um, and Dooley, Yeah, and we've just brought in uh, Sanjay Lal mm-hmm. who's born in London by the way
0: Ooh.
1: Uh, yeah so we got something to cheer for and <laughs> we've brought him in who's actually a very respected wide receiver coach who uh, is apparently a very good teacher um, and Hearns specifically noted him as a reason why he wanted to come to Dallas
0: interesting um,
1: so, yeah, that that's a little insight there. I, I would probably put my money on Hearns if I had to. Um, but obviously, you know, Gallup's probably there for the for the long haul.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. This is this is kind of how I see it kind of panning out. So we've obviously paid Alan Hearns. I think he'll get the first shot at being not necessarily a wide receiver one, but he'll probably get most of the first looks. I think Michael Gallup's actually the, the most talented wide receiver on our roster, uh, even if he is coming in, as, in his rookie year. So I, I think... Especially for fancy owners, Gallup's one to stash away in your in your dynasty teams, or maybe take a late round, late round dart um, on him to to stash on your benches. But I think Michael Gallup will will end up being kind of the guy in Dallas. I'm not sure how how long Hearns will stay here, but yes, it's it's quite good that he he actually wanted to come to us. It kind of again, you know, quite a lot of players on our team aren't invested in the Dallas way. You know, they aren't invested in America's team and what it brings, and obviously. Des Des Bryant was one of those, um, but I think he then kind of got a bit selfish. But hopefully, we can just have have a team that kind of similarly to to England in the World Cup, just a group of young players that want to play, want to want to fight hard, and, and do as good as they can, and just kind of see where where we go.
1: That's right. We we do actually have a very young team in the NFL. I believe we've got only three players that are above thirty years old yep. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the 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 guy who holds the, the the ball for the kick, I can't remember um, what
0: Le, we call Le, it. Le Duce, the uh, long snapper.
1: <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, so this guy, um, I believe, Dan Bailey is it? Maybe that's over thirty. And, and Sean Lee, and Sean Lee, yeah. who's who's obviously mm-hmm. the leader of our defense. Uh, the rest are all uh, thirty or younger. So mm. we do have a young squad, and and it does kind of remind you about that that england squad actually just a young set of guys who are hungry to to prove themselves
0: yeah um, absolutely
1: so so yeah i would i would uh, agree with that and and with uh, Gallup, I, I totally agree i think Gallup is the big time upside uh it, it depends how your roster is in fantasy so if you have a few players that are are pretty good right now, and you can you can take a risk on a guy. Then then you probably want Gallup. But if you want a guy who's more likely to have a safer floor, get you week to week points, kind of like a, a golden tape type player, then um, perhaps perhaps
0: hearns is your guy yeah no i certainly agree to that okay so i've got um i didn't i have got a little game for you gary i know you didn't you didn't know about this so i thought i'd surprise you so we're just gonna play a little game like i do like if you've listened to previous ones you know i i pick a player and then i pick a stat and then you get to choose who who had more more of that stat so obviously I've gone back Prescott.
1: before we could we could we just have a little chat about the um the, uh, the draft
0: yeah we can do yeah of course we can
1: um, so so I, I just I found it a very interesting draft because Dallas has taken – Dallas was always known as this, this sort of, um, I don't know, flashy team that would pay the cash and we would get the big stars. But I think you've seen lately a, a real switch in uh, direction and, and how the, 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 the Joneses have approached drafts. Um, lately, and, and approached the team, and trying to develop players through the draft. Mm. So, I mean, in that regards, you you look at the the, the um, it the 2016 draft with Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Jalen Smith. I really feel that that will be the cornerstone of our Dallas team for years to come, mm. as long mm. as we can manage the cap space. Yeah, um, which has never
0: but, been it's never been our strong point, has it?
1: <laughs> it never has. No. I mean, we're still
0: paying twenty million to Tony Romo, Jason Witten, and Des Bryant, and all the rest of them. So, <laughs> give it, give it, a, give it a generation. We might sort ourselves out.
1: That's not great, is it? Consider and and also considering that this should really be the window with Dak Prescott yeah. on, a, on a rookie contract, yeah. Zeke on a, a rookie contract. We've got those linesmen tied up. Um, we can put DeMarcus Lawrence on the franchise tag. Um so so but but I like the way that they're developing the team yeah. through the draft yeah. uh, these days. And so, you know, I, I like some of the, the plays that we have drafted. Leighton Vanderesk, I think, was a surprise pick that yeah. we, we didn't take a wide receiver. Um but obviously I think the idea is that he will be the replacement for Sean Lee in the long term, kind of a general, uh, uh, you know, a, a leader back there. And yeah. in short term, we'll obviously replace Hitchens as well. Yeah. Um, Connor Williams, an important draft pick, I think, there for on our offensive line. Again, back to the point about the weaknesses from last year. We're looking at a guy who is highly rated, uh, and it's good to see a Texas Longhorn play uh, play for the Dallas Cowboys as well. Yeah, uh, and then you're looking at um, obviously Gallup. Uh, he's had two 1,000-yard seasons uh, over there, Colorado. So we obviously needed that help at, at wide receiver. Um, 21 touchdowns as well. Um, the latest reports I've seen of him was that he's a sort of smaller version of a Dez-type player in that he's physical. Um, and did you know that Michael Gallup actually owns a horse? He has a horse for a pet.
0: Oh, does he? Goes, goes yeah, he with his does. surname.
1: <laughs> he has a horse called Dan and it's in uh, Georgia somewhere.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> we got that those as well and then a bunch of depth plays as well Doran Armstrong at defensive end yeah. uh, another one I guess um, Dalton Schultz I think will we, obviously I think his main strength uh, at Stamford was blocking, blocking so yeah. uh, we'll see what he can do Um yeah, a developmental quarterback with with Mike White, um, and the, the, I guess the two that that are really stand out to me, late round picks, uh, Bo Scarborough. Yeah, um, I, I heard a lot. Um, I do sort of follow Alabama and Texas, uh, but, um, a college football. So I was hearing a lot about Bo Scarborough, big game player, Bruzoni. Um, yeah, can 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 punish the ball, you know. The, Punish defenses, get the ball uh, in into the end zone. Um, and Cedric Wilson as well, who um, sort of under the radar right now for us, yeah. but also had two 1,000 yard seasons and 18 touchdowns at college level too. Yep. Yep. Could be really good. I've seen a few really good reports of, of Cedric Wilson mm. as well. So yeah, we'll he's... see what they can do. But I, I think it was a good draft. Yeah, Bob, I do. What do did you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I certainly, yeah, Bo Scarborough is a great compliment to to Ezekiel a bit later on down the line as a bruiser and as a, as a pounder. Um, Cedric Wilson, like I say, I think he was one of our last picks, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was one of the last round picks for, for us, a um, wide receiver. And again, if we can get players like him that have, have you know, obviously done it in college, we just hope that they can translate to the NFL. But he's certainly got the, the credentials judging by what he's done in college. I know it's a totally different game uh, in, the, in the NFL, but again, even if it's a depth play, uh, I, I, I did really like our draft.
1: That's right. Um, you you, you want to see that they have at least proven it in college, yeah. and it looks like some of those guys have, so that, yeah. that, that would be good. Yeah. I would say positions that we probably should have addressed but didn't. Safety. Yeah. Um, we're yeah. we're going to be weak at safety, unfortunately. We'll see, um, we'll see if Frazier can step up there and... A few other players but it would be nice to see earl thomas uh, come into the league that's mm. for sure mm. um defensive tackle uh, we're going to be facing saquon barkley and darius Geis this year so um we're we're going to need some help there on the inside with with, the, with those guys yeah that's a good point um, interestingly hankins is still out there on the free agency so we could take a, a plunge with him as well or not sure, and then and then I guess at tight end it's really up in the air. I'm not really sure who's going to be the guy who steps in for Whitten. I'll tell you. I'll, are definitely t- we, could, we
0: could prove. I'll, t- I'll tell you who it is uh, Gary. I think it's going to be Blake Blake Jarwin. I don't know if you know who Blake Jarwin is, but I think um, like you say Dalton Schultz is the, is a blocking tight end. Rico Gathers, I think, he's pretty much on the bubble uh, and looking at the. Um, at the sidewalk, as they call it in America, uh, outside the exit door. Obviously, Jeff Swaim's there. He's been there for a couple of years. I think he'll probably have to get some snaps as well. But I'll probably, you'll probably see quite a lot of two tight end sets um, to try and do a bit of play action, and then one of those tight ends, maybe Blake Jarwin, kind of scuttling out, um, kind of like uh, how Gavin Escobar used to do back in the day. Um, and the other, the other night, the other guy, his name escapes me from a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, tight, tight ends for, for Dallas is not going to. Bear any fruits for fancy fantasy purposes, but I think Blake Jarwin's probably got the best shot at, at being productive for us uh, in terms of parts and catches while starting Schultz um, or Jeff Swaim do do some blocking.
1: Absolutely, do not draft any Dallas Cowboys tight ends no. for your fantasy football team. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we can um, conclude from that.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. Okay, so should we should we move on to our little Dak Prescott game now? You've had time to pull up some stats. Oh, no, I, <laughs> sure that's on Dak
1: Prescott, unfortunately. Um,
0: but yeah, go ahead. OK, so I've got a couple. I've got um, Dak Prescott's uh, passing yards and uh, touchdown throws. So we'll start off with passing yards. So Dak Prescott or Eli Manning? Passing yards, um, I would
1: guess that Dak Prescott had more.
0: That is incorrect. Eli Manning had, but just over 100 140 more. Um, it was quite a close one. It was quite, it was quite a close. One. I mean, it's Dak Prescott's a hard one to do for this because, for, for obviously for the people answering the questions, because you know, he had such an up and down season, and the people that I've compared to here, you know, they've also had up and down seasons as well. And it's just trying to, trying to establish um, how how close you know, how good a season Dak is. And the the main reason I do these with the other teams is just to kind of. Give people an understanding on actually, you know, the perception that Dak had a really bad season last year, season. That, well, no, he didn't. He had a he had a poor end with Ezekiel Elliott out. But you know, on, on the whole, you know, Dak Prescott's been a top, has finished the tenth quarterback in fantasy for the last two years in that he's been in the NFL. So um, yeah, he's he's a
1: solid quarterback. He's yeah. he's, he's got a twenty two and ten win ratio right yeah. now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very very underrated and say so he gets obviously being a running quarterback as well he gets a lot more of a bump up cuz rushing quarterbacks are obviously t- treated quite fairly uh, quite well in uh, in fantasy football. But um, we shall move on. Uh, Dak Prescott or Cam Newton?
1: Oh, I would guess that that's going to be Cam Newton. Yeah,
0: see I know I know you're going to guess that it's uh, Dak Prescott and our, it was, uh, the difference was 22 yards. So,
1: wow, yeah, wow, that's incredible. Crazy. That actually the thing that stuns me about that is that Eli Manning had more yards than,
0: than Cam, Newton. Uh, Cam Newton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 strange one. Obviously, Cam Newton had a very hot and cold season as well, but it shows you kind of the level that, that yeah, the, 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 the Dak kind of, you know, who he, the company is with, with him. But um, the final one for the passing yards, I've got Dak Prescott or Derek Carr.
1: Derek Carr didn't have a very good
0: season
1: either. Um, I'll go with a hope that
0: it was Dak Prescott. Uh, Gary, not for three, buddy. 0 <laughs> <laughs> for three. I'm good at losing <laughs> yeah. Derek, Derek, Derek informed me that you were the most one of the knowledgeable people in, in, in football. But um, I, 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 <laughs> I jest. I make I make Apparently these <laughs> I make these hard on I purpose.
1: Have I have him fooled.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we'll move to touchdown passes. We've got uh, four players uh, to compare Dak with. So we'll keep with uh, the like the first game. Dak Prescott or Eli Manning, most touchdown passes?
1: Ooh, Dak Prescott, touchdown passes, Eli. Let's go with Dak. I think Dak had more.
0: Correct, correct. I thought, I, do you know what? I very much thought you were on, very much on for a goose egg there. So I'm very disappointed you haven't got a goose egg. But yeah, uh, Dak Prescott had three more, but I won't give the numbers just in case you know any of the others. Uh, Dak Prescott or Andy Dalton? Uh,
1: Andy Dalton. Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess Andy Dalton had
0: more. Correct. Yeah, that was also three three of the difference there. Uh, Two more then. So uh, these ones are a bit more harder. Dak Prescott or Drew Brees?
1: Oh wow! Um, My head tells me straight away to go to Drew Brees because of who Drew Brees is. However, last season was Kamara and Ingram who were playing really well. So I'm going to go ahead and say Dak.
0: Uh, You should have gone straight away if you got there, Gary to, um, to Drew Brees by one. Um I'm very good at this, and I'm very I'm very good at um, slipping people up. I don't think uh, anyone that's come on yet has got a full house, but um, like I say, I, make, I do make these extremely hard. But let's see if you can get this one. I, might, I, I would have thought you might be able to get this one. Uh, Dak Prescott or Matt Ryan? Oh, that's
1: surely got to be Matt Ryan, surely.
0: No, it's not Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had a really bad uh, season last season for touchdown throws. He was had two different. He had uh, Matt Ryan had 20, Dak had 22. But yeah, That's no, right.
1: He, yeah. I I remember he did have an a very good season in terms of yards, didn't yeah. he? He just yeah. didn't have the touchdowns.
0: Yeah, same as Julio Jones. Julio Jones only had had three touchdowns on the season, but they had like fourteen, fifteen hundred yards. So um yeah. yeah. But it, it just shows you obviously how, how Dak, you know, wasn't below most of those. You know, he's he's in and amongst it. I just think he obviously gets a bad rap. But um yeah, there we go. There we That's... go. So Let's get before we get you out of here, Gary. I say, um, are we now? we're now approaching an hour, so uh, th- thank you for staying in the cupboard for, for that, that whole hour. So, have you've got any, any favourite players, past or present, or any teams that you like to watch, uh, do you have maybe an AFC team that you cheer? I,
1: I don't know if you heard it, but somebody came in and put the laundry in the machine, and <laughs> it's now going.
0: No, I can't hear it. That,
1: that, that, that happens. So <laughs> that happened right. We played our game, so maybe that put me off my game. Oh, um, excuses. Teams... <laughs> excuses, excuses, excuses. <laughs> Te- teams that I like to to, I must say that that um, I'm a fantasy guy, so I, I I will unashamedly say that I would prefer my two major fantasy teams to win their league than Dallas. Boo. Um. So. <laughs> So I do. Um, so I do follow, obviously, the the, the the big players in that in in those terms. So Odell Beckham uh, is probably my favorite non-Cowboy in the league right now, if we're excluding Dez, who still doesn't have a team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do. I do like Odell. Um, I am really looking forward to seeing what a couple of the rookies do this season. So um, the two Georgia guys, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. Yeah. Uh, uh, I really, I, actually, Nick Chubb was my guy this year. I really, I really hoped to draft him, and then he went to the Cleveland Browns in a crowded <laughs> backfield, yeah. and that yeah. killed that off. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, looking forward to what they do. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, I, I, I love, I love him. I know he's a cowboy, and I, I shouldn't mention him, but but what he's done since he joined the league has just been incredible. So mm-hmm. I just hope we can keep getting more of that yeah. um, from Zeke. Um, but actually I really love defense. So right now, um Jacksonville, I really love what Jalen Ramsey's doing there at cornerback. Yeah. Uh he was he was pretty much shut down last year, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he was burned once by I can't remember who, but he had a really good season. Um and we almost drafted him instead of Zeke. Yeah. Uh, it was it was sort of that. Joey Bosa, Jalen Ramsey, or Zeke, um, and uh, we
0: ended up with Zeke. Uh, yeah, that that'll be that'll be a comparison that's made for for years to come. Is about like, oh well the because cow- obviously the, the deficiencies on the Cowboys' defense is like oh well, you could have had uh, J- um, Joey Bosa, you could have had this guy, you could have had this guy, but no, you went for Zeke. So yeah, obviously that's gonna kind of. Keep reoccurring until you know the, the the end of time. But uh, again, I think it's
1: justified. I think it was justified. Yeah, we, we've seen our Zeke t- turned our our franchise into a, a yeah. thirteen and three team. Yeah. The, the very season he was brought in, yeah. he's been spectacular. So 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 full marks to, to the Joneses, uh, for the Johnses for. For making the right decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I say offense, offense is the best form of defense sometimes as well. And I say we ground, you know, the ground and pound with the, the, the amount of time that we, time of possession we had on average in, in those games as well. Again, you know, if the defense is, is not on the field, they're going to be fresh for, for the more, more, most part of that game. So, yeah, I mean, like, there'll, be, there'll be people that think the other time. way.
1: There was a time in fantasy during that season where you just didn't play anybody that was playing the Dallas Cowboys because no. they would not let your offense on the field yeah. for a long enough time mm. because our offense was on there. So, um, yeah, that, that's exactly the, the, the approach we've taken and I love it.
0: Mm, absolutely. OK, Gary, I think that pretty much covers it all of it. But before we let you go, uh, one final question. If uh, the American football game or NFL disbanded tomorrow, what would your Sundays consist of?
1: Oh, well, I would obviously binge watch Love Island.
0: Oh, um, Gary, you've just ruined the whole interview. <laughs> Hopefully my wife's not watching because she's just finished watching it.
1: No, I um I, honestly, um, I, I, I've lived in a few different places around the world and Sundays have always been American Sundays for me, uh, which has been involved in uh, sort of junk food, Beers, watching the NFL, so it's a really big, really big part. Um, I, I would watch all three games on the Sunday, um, so, it, so it would actually leave a pretty big gap. So mm. I'm not really sure what I would do uh, on a Sunday, but maybe I should get out there and play some Brit ball.
0: Yeah, oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's. Um, do, do you follow? Oh, so you you follow your your university team on there? But um, yeah, no, I went to a game yesterday um, and kind of got inspired just to maybe get into the gym a bit more. Um, and look like at maybe playing a bit of safety or playing a bit of corner. Um, probably, I'm probably similarly built to you, I, I guess. But um, yeah, I just think I'd be, it'd be absolutely buzzing to to get out on the field and just play a couple of snaps and just see kind of where that goes. But the hits, I, I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to take the hits very well. But we'll see how we we'll see how we go. You don't usually get too many at corner or safety, so the
1: hits, the hits, take the at all. I didn't pursue it in in uh, university. Both financially, I I realized that it was uh,
0: expensive.
1: It was 400 quid for the season, Mm. which is, I believe, 50 boxes of beer, which is a lot of drunken (laughs) Madden tournaments. So that's the direction I took. I chose life. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, it was expensive, but also the hits are really hard. Mm. I mean, I got nailed in the ribs and I was done for for weeks. I I just was struggling to breathe. So it's really um a testament to, to how big the hits are in the NFL yeah uh, it, it, you really don't realize it until you have somebody torpedo themselves into your ribs
0: yeah i mean the game the game i watched yesterday the, the um, there's a big fella i mean he was built like an absolute truck and he got wiped out and <laughs> without, because they didn't have a stretcher, basically four people came on and they each took a limb and they literally carried him off. And it, it was actually, <laughs> I mean, he's it, it, actually okay. So I'm glad, I'm glad I can report, kind of report that. But it was actually quite comical watching him get carried off because I say he wasn't the, uh, he wasn't the lightest of fellas, but for him to take a hit and get wiped out, because it made me wince a little bit. And, um, but some of the running backs, they run hard and oofed, yeah, I don't, don't think I'd be, um, I wouldn't survive very well
1: yeah i mean just think zeke's taking about 350 360 hits a year at yes. this moment in time mm. so That's you crazy. can see why the running backs um go downhill pretty quickly
0: mm. gary thank you so much for coming on buddy and um enjoy obviously enjoy the rest of your travels and let say if you're ever over in towards the scotland way come give us a shout and uh, we'll, we'll meet up and have a beer
1: Absolutely. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, we'll talk some fantasy football uh, sometime soon, I'm sure.
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, All the best, buddy. Take care.
1: Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: That there was some Texas talk with Gary Lowe, And that's all I'm going to do for that accent. Moving on, swiftly back to the game a bit closer to home. So luckily on Sunday... I travelled over to Wishaw to see the Clyde Valley Back Hawks host the Aberdeen Roughnecks, the newly crowned champions Aberdeen Roughnecks, and really enjoyed that, of course, um, was my second game. of The previous game is Cobbribe Pirates against Manchester Titans. Um, And just before I get into the game, actually, if if you are listening and you play BritBall or you are a coach of BritBall or involved in any way, uh, we're having a BritBall week at the start of August. Love to get as many people on the show as possible. And we're also doing... Um, we, we have a new way of you, of you to be able to get in t- contact with us, and it's called Voice Bite. So you can download the app, or you can click on a link that I post on social media, and you can just leave a, a short voice message there. Uh, whether it be a question uh, to a team or a player, or if it's just uh, you know any, anything to do uh, that on the, on the podcast whatsoever. Actually, um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do it that way. Just look at for the the hashtags will be uh, presented to you. Um, and all, all done for you basically it's just three clicks if you if you click on the links on the on the social media posts and you can post your thoughts you can post your questions to us we will read out the best ones on the show um and we'd like again we'd just love to hear from you get involved with us it's much more it's much better when you do that like I say yeah back to the game uh, it was was a very um, up and down game. The Roughnecks took an early 14 uh, to zero lead. Um, Clive Valley backcourt's coming back very well in, in the second quarter. Um, what I did see quite a lot of was um, a hefty lot of penalties, a lot of flags. Obviously more flags um, on on Brighton Beach and on a gale force in gale force winds. But um, there were lots of situations where it was like first and 30 or third and 35. And I think there was there was in the fourth quarter, which seemed to go on for an absolute age where uh who was it driving i think it was Aberdeen driving and um you yeah, know i think it started off at like first and twenty, first first and 30 or a first and goal uh, when they got to the uh, to the end, to the red zone but started off on the 30 yard line because of penalties and then they had a, a field goal which was overturned by a flag on uh, on the defense which gave them first down and just so many plays uh, in that drive I, I mean i was too busy trying to tweet and live record to kind of take note of what what actually w- went on but Especially Clive Valley, Blackhawks, his drives c- kind of got behind the chains very early. You know, penalties on first down, sending them back to first and third. But, yeah, very good game. Uh, very good defence, actually. It was, it was well-spirited um, in, in its play. And the players were respectful, apart from one guy who decided to eject himself uh, after, obviously, disagreeing with a <laughs> call, which ended up on two separate um, unsportsmanlike conduct plays, which was you know, half the distance to the goal twice, um, which I think was in the um, the field goal uh, fracas that that ensued. Uh, managed to catch that field goal when he kicked it over the pylons, but um, was it was actually quite inspiring. You know, I'm kind of teeing up whether or not to play a bit of safety. So, if there's any teams out there that can, would would like to invite me down for. A training session just to see what it's like even for the podcast you know maybe have a day in the light, a week in the life of a of a Brit ball player that would be awesome uh obviously i'm based in scotland based in Linlithgow. so if you're Edim- anyone from edinburgh or clive valley or or not necessarily aberdeen but any of those types of teams are listening East skill bride want to come invite me down for a week that would be very much appreciated like I say, Britball week uh, will be the start of August, so keep your eyes peeled for that. We're going to have a couple of coaches from a couple of teams stretching from uh, Tamworth to Sheffield uh, and then some a bit further down south as well. Uh, I think also east there, we're having someone, someone from the under nineteen slash under-17s, it was Cole Bride guys as well. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, but that's going to do it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe, rate review on all the channels where you get your podcasts from. Follow us on Twitter at Full10Yards and Instagram. When we get to 500 followers, we'll be giving away uh, an NFL jersey. But in the meantime, in the great words of Kevin Cable, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full10Yards or email the show, Full10Yards at gmail.com.